Can I retire at 60 with $1.4 million in retirement savings and retirement investing accounts? That's what we're going to talk about today on the Your Financial EKG YouTube channel. I have a couple. They're 58 and 60 years old. They have $1.4 million saved for retirement spread out amongst 401ks, IRAs, fixed income and a taxable brokerage account. And they're asking the question that you want to know as well as I want to know. Can I retire? They've got $1.4 million in various accounts. We need to look at one, what are taxes going to look at for their retirement income? Two, where is their retirement income going to come from and when are we going to start taking social security? And three, they've got some dreams and goals. They want to spend some money in retirement and we need to see if this is something that is going to knock their retirement plan off track. So hang on right there. I've got a 58-year-old, a 60-year-old with $1.4 million asking the question, can I retire? All right, I've got a 58-year-old and a 60-year-old asking the question, can we retire? They've got about $1.4 million in retirement savings, and we are going to do a financial EKG to determine can they get to retirement can they get through retirement and are they protecting themselves staying in retirement? So let's look at this right now. I've got John and Pam. Now, John is 58 years old and Pam is 60. They live in the great state of Texas. Don't mess with Texas. They are both retired. Okay, John recently retired. Pam also recently retired. Social Security for both of them, we're looking at a starting age of 67 years old. So for John, Social Security at 67 would be $3,359. For Pam, Social Security at 67 would be $2,211. Now, we already know right offhand that we have higher earner individuals because their Social Security is higher at full retirement age. Now remember, if you take Social Security at your full retirement age, which for this example is 67, you're going to get 100% of your full retirement benefit. If you take it at any time less than 67, starting at 62, you're only going to get 70% of your full retirement benefit. And if you take it at 63, 64, 65, or 66, you will get a reduced benefit. 67, you get 100% of your full retirement benefit. And if you wait to take Social Security at 68, 69, or 70, you're going to get an increased Social Security benefit up to 124% of your full retirement benefit. Now, for this couple, we're going to look at taking Social Security at 67. One reason why is because they have such a high Social Security at 67 or at their full retirement age. So there's no pension benefits. So let's go over to assets. 
So here are their assets. Now, the biggest asset, as you'll see, is John is getting a lump sum distribution from his company. So this is a pension. It's coming out in a lump sum, and it's rolling into an IRA. So there's no taxes due on it. It's going to come out of his work pension. It's going to go into an IRA. Now, all this money is going to be pre-tax. It's going to be about $1.2 million. So we need to be looking at taxes. He's not going to pay taxes on 1.2 million this year because we're not going to distribute that. It's going to roll into an IRA, it's going to stay pre-tax, and we're going to use that for retirement income. When doing this, we need to look at what makes the most sense tax-wise. Because remember, John is 58. He's getting this money, it's going into his IRA. At what age can you start taking money out of your IRA without a penalty? 59 and a half. He's really close to age 59 and a half, so we don't want to do any 72 T's. A 72 T is a way that you can set up substantially equal periodic payments coming out of your IRA and you won't pay the 10% penalty for being under the age of 59 and a half. Now, John, his wife Pam, is over the age of 59 and a half. So we need to look at a withdrawal order of Pam's assets first and then John's assets once he gets to 59 and a half. And I'll show you why once we get into the retirement planning, okay? So John's got $1.2 million in his IRA. We've got a 401k of $160,000, which is going to roll over into his IRA as well. We've got an E-Trade account of $20,000. We have a bank account of $160,000. We have a bond, a physical bond of $20,000. And Pam's 401k, which is going to roll into an IRA, is $80,000. Now, just based on assets, we have a couple different options for retirement income, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Now, protected assets, they do own their home. It's worth about $900,000. Now, from a portfolio standpoint, we're going to give the rate of return on this portfolio 6%, except for the money that's in the bank. The money in the bank is going to earn zero, and the bond is only going to earn 4%. It's a recent bond. It's a U.S. Treasury bond. It's going to earn 4% for the next 12 months. Pam's 401k is also going to earn 6%. Any cash flows or RMDs are also going to earn 6%. Now, what are, you, what are you talking about, Drew, when you're saying 6% and 4%? John and Pam's money is still invested in the market or invested in that bond. It's still going to earn a rate of return, and we have to calculate that in to the EKG. It's not just a withdrawal rate that we need to be thinking about. You know, a withdrawal rate might be I'm taking 4% off of my investments. Well, what are those investments earning? So for the projection for this case, we're going to use 6%. The reason we're going to use 6% is because the market over the long term has averaged about 10%. It's 8% with inflation. So I want to go back 2% to 6 because I feel like that's more conservative. Could be 5, could be 4, and that's some projections that we can certainly run but for this video and for this scenario, we're going to use 6%, meaning the money in the market, the 401k, the IRA, the taxable brokerage account is going to earn 6%
a year. Now, you know the market doesn't just go six, 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 six. There's gonna be some variation. There's gonna be a six. Then there's gonna be a negative 30. And then there's gonna be a plus 30. And then there's gonna be a 15 and an eight and a negative three. But we're gonna look at just a geometric return first. And then we're also gonna look at historical norms in the back of this video. Meaning we're gonna look at what would this have portfolio done from 2000 to 2010, okay? So hang on with me till the end. We're gonna get into more of the nitty gritty. All right, now let's go back up. Let's go to expenses. Now their expenses are $7,000 a month. Now that's what we're starting with. And our expenses have an inflation rate of 3.24. That's the 108 year average. Now from an inflation history standpoint, the current 10 year average is 2.15. But you know, and I know that inflation is not going to stay at 2% no matter what the Fed wants to say in the short term. So we're going to run it at the 108 year average, which is 3.24%. Okay. So cash flows. Now cash flows are really important in the software because what cash flows allows us to do is to put in any dreams or goals that you might have. So in their case, they want to travel. They want to travel every year for 10 years from 60 to 70, and they want to spend $15,000 a year doing that. Now, as you can see, we're going to put in $15,000. That's going to be an annual spend for vacation, but we're also going to give this a 3% inflation rate because travel has inflation too, just like going to the grocery store. So we're going to look at $15,000 every year for travel plus 3% inflation. Now, John has also said he's 58. He can't just sit around his house. He doesn't want to go play golf. He doesn't like pickleball. So he does want to work part-time. So what I did, I, he doesn't have a part-time job yet. So what I did was I looked at the average part-time job in Texas. So the average part-time job in Texas pays $30,000 a year. So we're going to put that in as an inflow, meaning money coming in, and that's going to help pay those expenses. So that's about $2,500 a month. And John wants to do that for, again, 10 years to help supplement their travel as well as their expenses. Okay. Now, we're going to skip over taxes for just a second. If you go to the year 2023, 8.6% is their tax rate. Now, no state tax in Texas. God bless Texas. No state tax. So we're at 8.6 on the federal level. I'm going to show you the biggest portion of their money for John is, is pre-qualified, meaning under the age of 59 and a half. So we might have to change up how the distribution comes out so he doesn't face the penalty. We're going to get to that in just a second. Okay. Now, retirement. This is where the rubber meets the road. Do they have enough money? So at retirement, at 58 and 60, we've got our monthly cash flow. Here is our part-time work. Okay. Here's our travel, the $15,000. Here's our monthly expenses. Now, remember, they increase. Now, how this works, if you go into the year 2023, the software is going to update the expenses inflation-wise on a monthly basis. So it takes that 3.24 and does it monthly. So you can see in January of 2023, it's 7,056. February of 2023, it's 7,075. So it's getting that inflation bump 
every year. Now, we've got our $15,000 for travel plus inflation. That ends in 2033. So between year 2023 and 2033, we're spending between $15,000 and $20,000 annually on vacations. Here's our part-time work, $2,500, $2,500. Now, we get Social Security kicking on for Pam at 67 and then for John at 67 right there. And we ask the question, how long is this money going to last? And essentially, it lasts until they're 100 and 102. Now, their house stayed their house is now worth $1.7 million. That's just a 1.5% increase. But their retirement assets have slowly come down. You really start to see a big move down from about age 94, 96 to 100. Obviously, at 94, are they going to be spending $22,000 a year on expenses? Or $22,000 a month? Probably not. Okay. So when it comes to the software, we just have to in our mind go... I'm probably not going to be spending that kind of money, but this is giving us a good analysis to say, hey, John and Pam, you're going to run out of money at 100 and 102. How do you feel about that? You still got your house worth $1.7 million, which you could sell, do a reverse mortgage, whatever, if you needed to at 100. How do you feel? They feel pretty good about this. But let's go back because we talked about taxes and we've talked about historical market returns. Let's start with the latter. Let's go to historical market returns first. Because remember, I'm just giving this portfolio a 6% geometric return. Let's go to the market. So now, let's look at what this portfolio would have done if we started in the year 2000. Because in the year 2000, we had some rough years. We had some sequence of return risk. And what sequence of return risk is, is that the risk that the first few years of your retirement or the first 12 months or the first three years or whatever will have down market years. So when you're pulling income out of your portfolio in those first few years, you're pulling your income from a down market. The worst down market that I know of was the year 2000 to 2003. 2000 to 2010 was the lost decade or the worst decade that, that I remember. I was not alive in the 70s or the 60s or in the 20s. From 2000 to 2010, the market returned a negative three. Negative three for a decade. Okay, now keep in mind, Japan has been negative for 30 years. We were negative three for a decade. So what would that have done to John and Pam's portfolio? Well, here's our geometric return over here. Okay, just our 5.39%. Now it's a little less than 6% because the money in the bank is not earning anything. So it throws off the 6% because you got money in the bank but that's okay. So here we go. The year 2000, negative 10. 2001, negative 13. 2002, negative 23. So essentially, if you take where we are assuming they would be at at 60, $1.6 million versus where they would have been in the year 2002, a million dollars, there's a $639,000 difference, which is why we want to look at historical figures. We go all the way down here, and they're essentially out of retirement assets at 81 and 83. So 81 and 83, if we have a decade like the 2000 to 2010, will that happen? I don't know. We just want to be prepared for that. I don't want to go into retirement willy-nilly and say, oh, everything's going to be okay. We need to be prepared. So let's go back up. Look, let's look at a different decade. 
Uh, let's go back to the last time we had high inflation, 1968 to 1982. So here's 68 to 82. If we look at it, again, they're out at 83 and 85. That's the decade from 1968 to 1978 up into 82. That's when we got inflation under control under Volcker. So we've really got to start thinking about, especially if we're going to look at the market histories, don't go back to the last 10 years. The last 10, 15 years of the market have been stupid good. And they've been so far away from the average mean of what the market returns, it's ridiculous. The market's gonna average somewhere between seven and 8% for the next 30 and 40 years. If it gets more than that, we're gonna high five and chest bump. But do not bank on making 12, 13, 14, 15% for the rest of your retirement because you will be sadly mistaken. Okay, let's go to taxes and we'll finish this up. All right, so let's go over to taxes and I want to show you this because it's really important to understand your withdrawal order, pulling money out of your accounts, where you're going to pull money out, when you're going to pull money out, how you're going to pull money out. Okay, so remember their taxes, 8.6% is their projected federal tax rate. Sounds really good, okay? But let me show you something. Let's go back to retirement. Now remember, let's go to the year 2022. Actually, let's not go to 2022. Let's go to 2023. Let's go to a full year. 2023. So John is under the age 59 and a half. If you look down here, our federal gross income is 103,437. That's what we've had to pull out of our retirement assets for income. As you can see, He's got deductions of $25,900. That's the standard deduction, the married standard deduction, which means our taxable income is $77,537. We have our bases and our amount over bases. So our federal tax due is $8,893. So his tax bracket is 12%, but his effective tax rate is 8.6%. State tax is zero. Again, God bless Texas. Here's what I want you to think about, I want you to look at. For John, he's under the age of 59 and a half for a portion of 2023. He does turn age 59 and a half in there. And age 50 to 59 and a half, he has a penalty for taking out money from his IRA. So what we have to do with his assets, we have to go to his withdrawal, his withdrawal order. Now we found his withdrawal order. <laughs> and once we find his withdrawal order, we need to adjust where this money is coming out. So John does not need to be the first bucket of money. What we need to do is we need to move John down because John is under the age of 59 and a half. Now we could certainly use the rule of 55 on his 401k, but we're not going to get into that. And we're just going to move Pam up here because Pam's over the age of 59 and a half. And we're gonna say, Pam, we're gonna use your assets first, at least for the first amount of income. Let's see what that does to our retirement. Look at this. It actually increases our retirement. Isn't that crazy? Just by changing the withdrawal order. And the reason it does that is because we allow that lump sum of money time to grow instead of starting to use it for income right away. We allow it to grow. And because it's such a large amount of money, it now or never runs out. So it's really important to understand your withdrawal rates. It's really important to understand 
where your investments are going to come from, where the income from those investments are going to come from. I hope this has helped. And again, if you would like an EKG, go to the description below, click on the button that says, yes, I want one, and let's put together your financial EKG. Thank you so much for watching. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you.